Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, what we talking about today? Well, we are talking about you would know them by their fruit. Oh, yes. Now, while we can never know anyone else's heart, we can make wise assessment about other people by observing the regular fruit of their lives. Yes, listen, all of us may stumble from time to time, and we may even go through seasons of bearing little fruit. But 1 John 3, 4 to 10 makes it clear that those who know God will not continue a lifestyle of bearing bad fruit. We have been transformed, and the fruit of our lives is evidence of that transformation. Apple trees don't produce bananas and strawberry plants don't produce figs. This fact of nature is also true in the spiritual realm. We can identify those whose hearts have been redeemed by the fruit we see in their lives. Amen. And likewise, we can see the fruit of someone who claims the name but live a life that is characterized by sin. Yes, not that we are making a sweeping judgmental call. All all we are doing is looking at that fruit. Now, you can claim to be 
an apple tree all, all day long, but why are you producing on the regular bananas? Yes, I know it is bananas because hmm, we cannot, beloved, I can't, no, the Holy Spirit cannot stress it enough to the body. We can't be claiming Jesus' name and walking in clear sin, walking in slandering of the brethren, making accusations. We can't be sleeping around. We can't be lying and stealing and cutting up and still think that we have fellowship with the Father and the Son and you say you are spirit-filled? Mm-mm. It ain't passing the smell test. So listen, beloved, what we talking about today? Well, what does it mean that you will know them by their fruit in Matthew seven sixteen? Because this is what Jesus teaches us. So... It will profit us to read Matthew 7 mm -hmm, for our edification. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the reading of your word. So here we are, Matthew 7. Beloved, I'm telling you, study Matthew 7. It is an eye opener because this is all about, number one, judging other others. You cannot judge anyone when you got a whole beam in your eye. Oh, no, beloved. Mm -mm. And not only that, Jesus is talking about praying without ceasing. Yes. And then not only that, over here, he's talking about that narrow and wide, um, the the narrow and wide gates. Yes, he's talking about that. And then he's talking about a tree and its fruit. I'm telling you, chapter 7 is packed. And then it, it ends with him talking about the two foundations. I'm telling you, we can gleam a, a lot from the master just over here in this one chapter alone. So let us take it from the top because it is only how many verses in here? 29. Okay. So now let us read this. Do not judge. Okay. Do not judge and criticize and condemn others unfairly with an attitude of self-righteous superiority, as though assuming the office of a judge. Beloved, I'm reading from the Amplified today. So that you will not be judged unfairly. For just as you hypocritically judge others when you are when you are sinful and unrepentant, so will you be judged, and in accordance with your standard of measure used to pass out judgment 
Well, judgment will be measured to you. Yes. So why do you look at the at the insignificant speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice and acknowledge the egregious log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me get the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, play actor, pretender, first get the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Amen. Beloved, Christ Jesus is telling us how to righteously judge the brethren because the false brethren love to come here and say, see, Jesus said, do not judge. Huh? He said, do not judge when you too, hypocrite, are in sin yourself. But once you get that plank out of your eye, yes, you are to go to the brethren and let them know you're not living right. You got to turn and go the other way. This does not glorify the father. So he's not telling us don't judge. He's teaching us how to judge. That's the difference. And then he says in verse 6, Do not give that which is holy to dogs, and do not, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, for they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Amen. You know what Jesus is telling us here? Don't cast your pearls of biblical truth to anyone who refuses to hear and acknowledge the truth because otherwise they're going to turn around and tear you to pieces rather than take the rebuke or biblical truth they will rather slander you and say, you are self-righteous, you are judging. People who are living in complete delusion, hate, correction. They will never receive it. They, they will always have something to clap back. Rather than, you know what, just taking a self-assessment. Let me hear what the person is saying. Let me go to the Father in prayer and get his final word on the situation. But if all you do is like, nope, nope, I know what I'm talking about. And you are just as wrong as two left feet. I mean, just completely wrong. The delusion that has set in is staggering. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, you know what? 
we can all miss it, right? We can all not have a clear understanding of anything, especially where scriptural doctrine is concerned, right? Okay. But if sound correction based on the word of God is being presented for you to go and study it because we can tell people what this scripture means, what the full context is, but if they refuse it and they and they don't go in their own private study time to, you know what, just put your feelings to the side. Just, you know what, check that at the door. Because if you are really spirit-filled, we, we will want to have correct interpretation. We don't mind being corrected. If I'm wrong, please tell me. Point me in the right direction because trust and believe, I will go straight to the scriptures and, and humble myself and allow Holy Spirit to show me what's the deal, if you will, right? But certain ones, you can't tell them nothing. They believe what they believe. They are not trying to hear nothing. Okay, well, Jesus says, do not give that which is holy to dogs and do not cast your pearls before swine because otherwise they will trample that truth under their feet and then turn around and shred you to pieces. I'm telling you, I am witnessing this in real time. So, verse 7. Acts and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds, and to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. Amen. Beloved, you all know my backstory. I was delivered out of that charismatic movement, that whole word of faith, prosperity gospel, naming and claiming, blabbing and grabbing, right? One of the many false doctrines that was shoveled down our collective throats was that once you go into prayer and you, and you and you ask the father for a request if you go back the next day the next hour and you pray that same prayer then you are not standing in faith and so we were taught that once you put that prayer out, don't go back and pray it again because, see, now you're not standing in faith because you don't believe you will receive what you ask for. And so 
we have been trained and so indoctrinated that if you even think about praying, let's say for healing, praying for a situation to resolve itself and you need spiritual, no, you need supernatural help to intervene right now. Well, Jesus is telling us to ask and and keep on asking and it will be given to you. He's telling us to seek and keep on seeking. So whose doctrine are we going to believe? Are we going are we going to believe the son of the living God when he is giving us direction about prayer and how to get those prayers answered? Or are we going or are we going to listen to the wolf who don't have any faith in Jesus? They have faith in the force of faith. They put more faith in faith rather than in Christ Jesus. So for them, if you keep going to God with that same request, well, you don't believe because once you name it, you can't claim it. But if you keep on naming it and naming it and praying about it and praying about it, then you are not operating in faith. And therefore, you're not going to get your prayers answered because God is going to look at you as if you don't believe he will bring it to pass. You talking about the guilt because it's something in you that that wants to keep on praying. But if you're listening to these, these charlatans and they are telling you, don't ask. Because see, now when, when you ask a second time, you are praying in fear. And then they will bring you over there to the Old Testament about Job. The reason why all of that happened to Job, because they would pull out of context about how Job kept praying to God for his children, that his children don't fall into sin and that how Job was in fear because see, that's another doctrine of theirs that we should not be operating in fear for nothing. So if you even think or even sound like you are, you are either talking in fear or, or you are walking in fear, then you truly may not be born again because it is by faith. It is by faith. Everything. That's why it's called the word of faith movement. So anyway, because I'm having a flashback. Please <laughs> pray for me. So verse 8, where, where are we at? Matthew 7, verse 8. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. Uh-huh. And he who keeps on seeking will find. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. 
or what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will instead give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will instead give him a snake? If you then, evil, sinful by nature as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, perfect as he is, give what is good to those who keep on asking him? Amen. Whew, beloved. So then, in in everything, treat others the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the essence of the law and the writings of the prophets. Amen. And Jesus gave us those two commandments, right? We are to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Beloved, this lines up with Matthew 7, 12, because Jesus says that on those two commandments, hang all the law and all of the writings of the prophets. Amen. And here we go. Verse 13. Jesus teaches us to enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss. And there are many who enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads the way to everlasting life. And there are, and there are few who find it. Amen. You want to know why few find it? It's because people, not everybody, okay? These people who find that narrow path is just too it's just too difficult to obey Jesus so they find the path of least resistance these are the people who want to believe they can live however they want without consequences they want a feel good religion with no hell or judgment they don't they don't want to be held accountable for their sins these are they who run up in these false churches who all they want to hear is tickle my ear tell me just how you know what i'm just made of the dirt you know what i'm going to sin it's okay. Jesus understands. He knows your heart. Meanwhile, on the back end, these wolves in sheep's clothing, they will tell you what you want to hear in order to collect millions of dollars in the false doctrine of tithing and sowing money seed. And not to mention love offerings. Free will givings. So you live in you live a life that is 
characterized by sin. All you want is a teacher that will ease your guilty conscience. And so for them, oh, they have no problem being on that broad way because, number one, they are deceived to think that just because they confess Christ with their mouths, but their hearts are far from him. They say they believe in Jesus, but they do not obey Jesus. And that's why he's telling us that few will find the road that is straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. And here we are, verse 15, talking about these trees. He tells us, beware of the false prophets who come to you dressed as sheep, appearing appearing gentle and innocent, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. That is by their contrived doctrine and self-focus. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every healthy tree bears good fruit. But the unhealthy tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot, beloved, bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Uh-uh. Verse 19. Every tree, okay, that does not bear good fruit, well, guess what? It is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will recognize them as false prophets. Yes, beloved. And Jesus was telling us also that if we do not abide in him, if we break ourselves off from the vine, we will become withered branches, broken off, Bundled together with the other broken off withered branches to be what? Burned. Where? In this lake of fire. Uh-huh. Verse 21. Talking about these false prophets. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And what is the will of the Father? It is for all men everywhere to repent, to come to Jesus so that our sins can be forgiven. So he's, he's talking about these false prophets. But guess what? There are false prophets converts in the body. Jesus calls them tares who, who grow up alongside of the wheat. And he told the gardener, don't, don't dig up the tear. Leave it alone. Because guess what's going to happen? Harvest time is coming and the reapers are going to come. 
and there will, right, Holy Spirit, thank you, there will be a separation of the sheep and the goat and the wheat and the tares. So, whew, I cannot stress it enough, beloved. We must examine, all of us must examine where we are in the faith. Are we truly born again? Because sometimes our perception of ourselves is clouded. We think we are the best thing since sliced bread. So it is profitable from time to time to seek out mature brethren and fellowship, okay? Because a true believer, a true follower of Christ, spirit-filled, who's to say that in that moment, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is operating in full effect and they can discern exactly where you are in the faith and they being prompted and led by Holy Spirit will prophesy to you relay to you a message from heaven that if you don't stop it if you don't repent you're gonna perish uh-huh now, if you are truly spirit-filled rather than shredding the messenger to pieces, you would do, I would do self-reflection. Because, listen, even Paul highlighted that he did not want to become a castaway after preaching the gospel that if he himself don't keep his body in subjection, then he too can get it. We're talking about the Apostle Paul, who wrote, as some say, two-thirds of the New Testament. Even Paul had enough, as it was, common sense to know that ain't no one Better than the other in this body. It is all about Jesus Christ. We are just mere mortals. And so that's why he was saying, don't put us up on a pedestal. Christ is the only one who died and shed the blood. Some plant, some water, but it is God who gives the increase. Amen. And so... This is why Jesus is saying over here in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day when I judge them, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name? And done many miracles in your name. And then I will declare to them publicly. I never knew you. Depart from me. You are banished from my presence. You who act wickedly disregarding my commands. 
Amen. Again, beloved, it is not only that you believe in Jesus, you must obey Jesus. You and I cannot disregard his commands and expect to inherit the kingdom of God anyway. No, beloved, I'm telling you right now, today, there are many who claim they are doing the Lord's work. And they truly not. They are on some other agenda. Satan's agenda. I'm talking about operating in with the spirit of Cain riding high on your back. You hate your brethren because their works are good and yours, yours are evil. You walking in unforgiveness. You walking in bitterness. You walking in hatred. You, <laughs> you walking in sin, beloved. But you are, you are the one that is too prideful to even step back and just take a look at what you are doing. And people are telling you, you're doing wrong. And you say, no, I'm not wrong. So-and-so is wrong. Tell, tell them what you are telling me. Mm. Okay, so here we are, verse 24. So everyone, okay, who hear, who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man, a far-sighted, practical, and sensible man who built his house on the rock and, and the rain fell. And the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against that house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish, stupid man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great and complete was its fall. When Jesus had finished speaking these words on the mountain, the crowds were astonished. And overwhelmed at his teaching. Amen. For he was teaching them as one who had authority to teach entirely of his own volition. And not as their scribes who relied on others to confirm their authority. Amen. Beloved, I'm telling you. When... When I first came to Christ, right, back there in 2002, long story, come to find out, I, I wasn't even sure if I was saved or not. But at that time, I believed I was. And the first book of the Gospels that I read was the book of John. 
and reading that just me being so green to spiritual matters I picked up instantly about this authority that Christ carried. I'm like, because up until then, I I just thought that Jesus was just so mild and meek-mannered and just so, so humble and very low and gentle in spirit. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, uh-uh. He was letting those Pharisees know and giving them the big business. And and there I I sensed his authority and my my takeaway was, huh? Jesus is handling his business. He he speaks with authority and he's not backing down at all. So Yes, I too even picked that up. So, getting back to what we, what the question on the floor was, right? What does it mean that you will know them by their fruit? Because we had to go over there to Matthew 7 to, to pull it all in context. Because Jesus does not want us to be deceived. He does not want us to be misled by false teachers and prophets. And he don't want us stumbling over the foolishness that be coming out of the mouths of these tares. So, the statement you would know them by their fruit is, as we just read, part of Jesus' teaching about recognizing true followers and avoiding false prophets. Because beginning right in verse 15, we read this context. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You would know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit well it is cut down and thrown into the fire into the fire so then you will know them by their fruits jesus said the 7th chapter of the gospel of matthew is a gold mine of teaching from the popular verse 1 about all that not judging to the well-known parable about the wise man building his house upon the rock. Because, as we recall, in verses 21 to 23, Jesus makes a chilling announcement to many who assumed they belonged to him. Mm -hmm. He warned them that on judgment day, they will, they will hear from him, depart from me. I never knew you. So what is judgment day? 
Because if you say, well, I don't know, I'm going to come over there and rough you up by the shoulders. If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know how we stay parked over here in Revelation 20. Because Judgment Day is the day of God's final ultimate judgment on sinful mankind. Uh-huh. So there are a number of passages in scripture that refer to the final judgment after death at the at the end of time when everyone will stand before God and he will render final judgment on the lives. Yes, so as a sidebar, if we look at uh, Malachi 4:1, Okay, because the Bible warns us of Judgment Day. Malachi, the prophet, wrote, Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. Amen. Listen, John the Baptist spoke of the need to flee from the coming wrath. Luke 3, 7. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Amen. Even Paul wrote to the unrepentant. Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. Amen. Listen, that's Romans 2, 5 through 6. And the cross reference, Psalm 62, 12 says, And that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for, for you will render to a man according to his work. Beloved, judgment day is a sure thing. Oh, yes, it is. So, they will hear from him, depart from me. I never knew you. Yes, and just before that warning, Jesus had indicted those who pretended to follow him, but who but whose lives indicated something else. He told his followers that the fruit of their lives proved what was inside their hearts. Mm -hmm. Do we need to come over here to Mark 7, 20 to 20, um, 23? <clears throat> yes. Yes, Cynthia, we do. I know. So come on, let's go. Here we are, <clears throat> Mark 7, 20 to 23. And he said, Jesus said, What comes out of a man that defiles a man? For from within, out of the heart of men, 
precede evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Amen. So <clears throat> when Jesus says, you will know them by their fruit, what does fruit mean? Because Jesus gave the illustration of grapevines and fig trees. When we see grapevines, we expect them to contain grapes in season. We also expect fig trees to produce figs. A produce farmer who notices one of his fruit trees not bearing any fruit will cut it down. It is useless. Likewise, we would not come to a field of thistles and expect to harvest fruit. So, for some of you who may not know what a thistle plant is, well, it is a plant of the daisy family, which typically has a, a prickly stem and, and leaves and rounded heads of purple flowers. I'm, I'm looking at this plant. This, this plant looks kind of dangerous. It got all of these thorns on it. It looks like if you even try to touch it, you're going to get pricked. No, that's not a good looking plant there. Mm-mm. So, we could not mm, come to a field of thistles and expect to harvest fruit. Thistles and thorn bushes can never produce fruit because of their nature. And that is true. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking at this picture. This the fruit, nothing about a fruit is ever going to grow on this particular plant. Mm -mm. You can't even barely touch it, let, a, let a, alone pluck anything from it to eat from it. No, listen, these are on two opposite ends of the spectrum. So, they have no capacity to produce anything but thorns. Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Because Jesus is saying that a bad tree cannot produce anything but bad fruit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And likewise, a good tree can help but to produce anything but good fruit. Just like this, this thistle, this, this thorn bush. This bush cannot produce bananas and strawberries and, and apples and grapes. No, figs, none of that. Google that, that thistle, and 
take a look at it and you tell me, can you pluck anything from this hideous looking thing to eat? No. And likewise, nothing edible will ever be produced by this particular plant. Just like an apple tree cannot produce thorns. No, it will only produce after its kind. It was commanded from Genesis. So, thistles and thorn bushes can never produce fruit because of their nature. It is, Im it is impossible. They have no capacity to produce anything but thorns. Yeah, because look, Matthew 12, 33 says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Amen. So this is so not about judging anyone. Okay? We we don't know you like that all we can surmise is the fruit that you are producing. Listen, if you are producing fruits of wickedness, then we know what is truly in your heart. It is not Christ. I hate to keep breaking this to you, precious. Christ is nowhere in a vessel that is producing bad fruit. No. This ain't judging. The Christ pointed us to nature to drive home this spiritual truth. A tree only produces after its own kind. You're not going to find different fruit on a different tree that doesn't even have the capacity to produce such a fruit. So, it is what it is. And you need to repent. I would need to repent. So, okay, in our lives, let's just settle down. In our lives, every word and every action is fruit from our heart. Sinners sin because that's what's in their hearts. Thieves steal. Rapists attack. Adulterers cheat. Why? Because those sins are the fruit being produced from an evil heart. Bad hearts produce bad fruit, beloved. This is the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. At this point, this is not about casting stones this is not about condemning you. No one is calling you out of your name. No one is even saying that you may not be born again. We're just presenting the truth of the master to you. 
Now, if you want to live in delusion, well, that's between you and the Lord. Because what we have been now commanded is to not continue to cast our pearls to you. You are not receiving the truth from the word of God. So now all we can do is just pray that you repent and return back to your first love. You have somehow gotten off the wrong road. You are now on that broad way. So we are picking up the trumpet, the trumpet, crying aloud and sparing not. Repent. Turn around. You're going the wrong way. Come back this way. Well, no, because I know what I'm doing. Okay, but one more step and you're going to fall off the cliff. Look, turn around and look. See? No, I ain't got to turn around. I know this way. I've been going this way for years. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Listen. Beloved, do not let anger and and frustration tempt you to get off in the flesh. I'm telling you, you must talk to yourself. You talk yourself down from the ledge. Because I'm telling you, some people, <laughs> some people need to have a spiritual chokehold on them. And tell them, would you just stop it? Like, for real, for real. Just stop. No. This is hot topic. <laughs> Look, this is hot topic. I ain't coming off of this. Okay. Okay. Well, Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, concerning false teachers, he was giving us a guide for identifying them. Because False prophets, speakers of lies, will have actions that correspond to their errant message. Mm -hmm. Just as their message is anti-God, so will be their works. They will stray from the path of righteousness. Beloved, listen, when we repent of our sin and receive Jesus as Lord of our lives, look, we see in John 1, 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Amen. Acts 2, 38. And Peter said to them, them who? Those who on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and preached that good, great gospel so hard with all the truth from the Holy Spirit. The people were pricked in their hearts. The Bible says that they were cut to the heart and they asked, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when we repent 
of our sin and receive Jesus as Lord of our lives, he changes our hearts. Oh, yes, he does. Look, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Amen. And now the fruit that is produced is good fruit. Yes, Galatians 5.22 lists some of the fruit produced by a heart in tune with God. And what are those fruits? Well, we see over here in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Hold on. I got to open this up. Oh. Why did it take me all the way? Look, listen. Okay. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. All, listen, verse 24. All those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us, verse 25, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Oh, beloved, are we doing these things? I'm, I'm telling you, listen, we must look over our lives. Are we producing good fruit? What's truly in that heart will show up in your life. Beloved, this is spiritual truth. Whatever is in that heart, we can tell not that we are judging. No, Jesus, our God, told us how we can identify that spirit. Okay? He told us to test every spirit to see if it's truly from God. So, we hear what you're talking about, but how you live, how you walk, how you flow is anti-God. And the greatest deception is that you don't think you are doing anything wrong. Jesus says, well, how great is that darkness? Is very dark. Oh, beloved, listen, our attitudes, our actions and words and perspectives change as we walk in fellowship with Holy Spirit. Yes, it does. Listen to this. First John 1, 6 through 7. Beloved, please be writing down these scriptures. 
Okay, so that in our quiet downtime with the Lord, we can ponder these things. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus. His son cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Beloved, come on. When our hearts change, our fruit changes. I'm a witness. Listen, when I was claiming the name from 2002 up until 2019, the fruit that was showing up in my life was only produced because of what was truly in my heart. Obedience to Christ and to him alone was not in my heart. You want to know what was in my heart? Adultery. Fornication. Lasciviousness. Harlotry. Sorcery. Witchcraft. Drunkenness. That was what was in my heart because that was a direct reflection of my life. My life looked nothing about righteousness and holiness and obeying and enduring until the end, knowing that Jesus Christ is coming back and he's going to have his reward with him and he's going to give to every single person according to the fruit of their doings. My life was not living under that biblical truth. Not at all. I was living for self. I was selfish. I was, I was disobedient and I was deceived and self-deluded. Yes. So I'm telling you what I know. My life now, listen, and this is not a brag or a boast. This is just simply my, my humble testimony. What's truly in my heart now is Christ and him crucified. What's truly in my heart is the love for the father with everything within me. What's truly in my heart now is eternity. What is truly in my heart now is the love for the brethren, for the brethren, with the immense desire to wake up the religious, backsliding, deluded, deceived brethren, tear, goat, whatever you want to call them. To let them know you're going the wrong way. Trust me, I tried living in two kingdoms. I tried serving two masters. And everything Jesus is telling us now about how you can't do that. Well, apparently, by the way I lived, I was trying to prove him wrong. I didn't intentionally try to prove him wrong, but... 
The proof was in the pudding. Was I truly living for Christ? No, I wanted to though. And that is what kept me in depression. I knew this person that I quote unquote committed my life to be with what I thought was for eternity tried to kill me. My household was so much in chaos. There was no peace. I, I stayed crying buckets of tears. I had no rest for my soul. No, for all those almost 20 years that I'm believing I'm born again. <clears throat> and I'm like, and what was so startling was that I kept reflecting on, on this main thought. Listen to this. I kept saying to myself, how come I'm not fearing hell like I'm supposed to? Because I knew uh, enough. I didn't know a lot, but I knew enough that I should be fearing hell. And then I'm thinking, well, well, well how come I can't get this soul on board with the fact that if I fear hell like that, then I do have the fear of the Lord and I would know he ain't playing with this lake of fire. Well, right, Holy Spirit, he just answered it for me. It was because I thought I had eternal security. There was nothing to to fear about hell because I knew I wasn't going there. Although I know I'm not living right, but I made a confession for Christ. I'm going to heaven. Christ sees all this chaos around me. It's not my fault. Yes, it was, Cynthia. But I'm still saying it's not my fault. This person is crazy. This is happening. I don't know. Everything is out of control. You want to know what was out of control? Me. Mm -hmm. I was disobedient. I allowed the cares of my pitiful life to take precedence. Mm -hmm. mm. And I can't begin to explain to you how many times that I was almost snatched out of this bodysuit. Ain't no telling. No, yeah, yeah, I can tell it. I would have ended up, ended up in a burning hell because... It don't matter if I'm ignorant of the word, if I'm too lazy to go and study this out for myself. Okay, nonetheless, I was in an adulterous remarriage. So what I was fed, I was, so what I was spoon fed, the false foolishness that adultery is okay that if your partner commits adultery within the marriage, you have every right to to divorce and remarry and, and have another bite at the apple. Because after all, Jesus wants you to be happy. No, beloved. No. That's why I give God thanks for snatching me out of hell's fire. And so... My life on purpose. I'm living in complete gratitude for my salvation. 
All I want to do is walk in obedience. That's it. And I'm telling you, this fruit that I'm now producing is showing up in my life. Peace, joy, love, kindness. I'm telling you, no more thistles and thorn bushes for me. No. So we have to make a conscious decision. What kind of tree are you going to be? Because Jesus says that we keep on producing bad fruit. The father, the vine dresser, he's going to come and lay the axe to the root. Oh, yes, he will. So when our hearts change, our fruit changes. Because listen to this. In closing, I'm going to let y'all go. Many false prophets, right? They have, they have come and gone. And many of them lived in blatant sin while preaching their message. Jim Jones openly engaged in, a, in adultery, drug use, and profanity. And profanity. If you all may be too young to know about Reverend Jim Jones, Google him. Back in the 70s, he was able to convince, convince almost 1,000 souls to commit suicide. They all drank the grape Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. And not that long ago, in the 90s, down here in Texas, Waco, Texas, we had David Koresh. Now, David Koresh had child wives as young as 11. Mm -hmm. Listen, false teachers might display the fruit of sexual immorality, greed, materialism, gluttony, and other sins while justifying their behavior mm -hmm, and lifting themselves up as something holy. I'm telling you, Google Reverend Jim Jones and what's his name? David Koresh of the Branch Davidian. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, beloved, <clears throat> many people through the years have been duped mm -hmm, into following such characters and joining them in justifying the sin. If only they had heeded Jesus' warning that you will know them by their fruit. So, now that we know better, okay? Because I should have recognized that fruit hanging off the likes of Creflo A. Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, Bishop T.D. Jakes, Paula White. All of them, Jesse DePlantis, I should have recognized fruit. These people were carrying false doctrine. These people were living high on the hog. How is it that they are multi-millionaires on the way to billionaire status? And we never questioned that. We never saw anything wrong with that. Oh, boy. That is so another topic. Okay. No matter how good 
or convincing someone sounds. If he or she is bearing bad fruit, his message, her message should be avoided because godly teachers will display good fruit, such as making disciples, using their gifts to benefit others, leading lost people to Jesus, loving their fellow believers, and seeking humble ways to do good everywhere. All of these things are indications of a good heart because, beloved, and we know this to be true, many people profess faith in Jesus as Savior. But it is a mere profession with no real faith. Mm -mm. And some religious groups encourage baptism, confirmation, or some other religious rites that are supposed to ensure one's future in heaven. But as time goes on, the fruit being produced in such a life looks absolutely nothing like what is clearly described in the Bible. First mm-hmm. Peter 1 16. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Amen. And so again, are we producing this kind of fruit? Are you following people who are not producing holiness? Mm. Because some people attend church services, but spend the rest of their time living entirely for themselves. Some may rise to prominence, even teaching or preaching, writing books or dominating the media, but the fruit of their lives, of their lives, belies their words. Matthew twenty four twenty four. Jesus said that for false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Amen. And so if we are truly his sheep and follow Jesus and not the bishop, we would not be deceived because these charlatans are good at what they do. You want to know why? Their father, their father, Satan, teaches them these doctrines of demons to turn around and and teach it to you. And it sounds more easier to follow that rather than the clear instructions of the Lord when he said in John 8, 11, to go and sin no more. But doctrines of demons say, once you are saved, you are always saved. That no matter how you live, you can live however you want and still get to go to heaven. When Jesus, through Paul, said the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So who are we going to believe? That elderly pastor who has made his celebrity off 
the back of quote-unquote eternal security. No, beloved, listen. Greed, deception, immorality, pride, and dishonesty defines them, making them false prophets by Jesus' standard. How can we not even touch Second Peter chapter 2? Uh, talking about these false prophets. Let's go to it. Verses 1 to 3. Peter was saying, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Because he was saying that how Israel also had false prophets. And he's saying, just like they had them, we got them too. And so, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction? And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Uh-uh, they're going to get it. So, while we can never know anyone, anyone else's heart, we can, like I opened up, we can make wise assessments about other people by observing the regular fruit of their lives. All of us stumble from time to time. And we may even go through seasons of bearing little fruit. Let's be crystal clear that those who know God will not continue a lifestyle of bearing bad fruit. Amen. Amen. Father, how grateful we are to have your everlasting word. You tell us over here in 1 John 3, verse 3, everyone who has this hope confidently placed in him, purifies himself just as he is pure, holy, undefiled, guiltless. Amen. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. Verse five, you know that he appeared in visible form as a man in order to take away sins. And in him, there is absolutely no sin for he has neither the sin nature nor has he committed sin or acts of acts worthy of blame. Verse six, no one father, no one who abides in him who remains united in fellowship with him deliberately, knowingly, and habitually 
practices sin. No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. Amen. And if we come down to verse 8, the one who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference, or rebellion is of the devil and takes his inner character and moral values from him, not God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Verse 9, no one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin because God's seed, his principle of life, the essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And he who is born again cannot live a life characterized by sin because he is born of God and longs to please him. Father, finally, you tell us in verse 10 that we can clearly identify who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose is not of God, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. Amen. So, Father, we can try to give you and the Son lip service all day, but what is truly in the heart of a person will come out. It will show up in that one's life. So we can honor Jesus all day with these mouths, but our hearts are truly far from him if we are producing bad fruit. Father, there is absolutely no way around this Scriptural, biblical principle. Christ, thank you, Holy Spirit, pointed us to nature. Because anyone can, can look at a particular plant and know without a shadow of a doubt what, what gets produced from that tree or plant. He made it so clear, and now it is so obvious. A tree by its nature that produces only thorns cannot by the very nature of that plant, of that tree, of that bush, cannot produce bananas. It is bananas to even think that it could 
or wood. It don't know how to produce bananas even if it wanted to. Why? It's not in the makeup of that plant to produce bananas. And likewise, the other way around. Help us today, Father. Have mercy on us all. We know what comes with producing bad fruit because if the fruit is bad then so is that tree and it will be cut down and thrown into the fire no matter how frustrated we may become with the brethren but we still love them we we don't want anyone to be cut down and thrown into the fire We may be tempted to want to take them by the shoulders and shake some sense into them. But we don't do that. We do what Jesus said, not to cast. No more. Stop. Stop. Stop casting pearls to swine. They don't know what to do with the biblical truth. They trample it rather than receive it learn from it, and obey it. They turn around and shred to pieces the one who had been sent to deliver said message. Leave them alone then. It's between you and them now, Father. You tell us to pray for our enemies. We are blessed when we are slandered. Help us to always remember that. That at the end of the day, we all must stand before Jesus to give an account. And those who endure until the end, when we stand before Jesus Christ, we shall receive rewards. We will not stand before the great white throne. So, Father, Strengthen us each and every day that we don't fall away from Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for interceding on our behalf. Thank you for praying for us that we don't fall away, that we don't get tempted and then walk in the spirit of Cain, murdering the brethren. Heaven forbid. Bless your holy name, Father. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for saving me. Yes, Lord, I pray for the saints that they hold fast to your word. May we all endure until the end. Finish up this race. Walk in obedience. Produce good fruit. The day of your return it is fastly approaching thank you for your patience and your long suffering and as much as we want you to come now Jesus we thank you that you are tarrying so that all men everywhere can come to repentance thank you bless you In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah.
All right, beloved, well, there we have that. Repent and believe. Stop sinning. Come on and turn back to God before it is too late. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.